Back to throw. Levi's pass caught, and that is going to be touchdown, Louisiana. Peter LeBlanc with the touchdown, and the Cajuns are finally on the board. Yeah, looking for laundry, and there is none this time. Nice throw out of there, and, and, and Bird, they did a good job spreading it. Had the back in the flat, which opened up the curl by Peter and a good, accurate throw. Welcome back to the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now, the head coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Billy Napier. Good morning, Coach. How are you this morning? I'm good, Scott. I appreciate you having me on, man. Always fun talking to you, Coach. And um, Western Division champs, you win a close one last week in the last three seasons uh, or since 2019, two plus seasons, you know, uh, the last two and what we've done thus far, you've had 10 games decided by four points or less. And Louisiana has won nine of those tens, Uh, nine to 10. That's not a coincidence. Why is your team able to consistently win the close one? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think, um, I think it all adds up. You know, I'd like to think, um, you know, we work extremely hard around here. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of our staff. Um, certainly isn't easy, you know, relative to uh, the amount of work that we put in, the level of detail that we put in um, the entire year, much less the in-season approach. So I think our staff does a fantastic job um, trying to, put the players in position to have success, right? It's a big, it's very important to me and to our staff that we can watch the film um, the day after the game and feel like that we gave our players an advantage or we at least gave them a fair uh, shake at it. Um, Certainly the players have a lot to do with it. You know, I think the intangibles that we try to work in hard, uh, work hard and develop throughout the off season uh, the mental toughness, the poise, the football IQ, uh, the togetherness um, and chemistry that I think matters uh, when you get into those clutch moments. So you got to trust the people around you and you got to trust the plan. Uh, and I think that you know, we've been fortunate to do that. Um, and I think, I think it's a compliment to our staff and players. Right. So it's it's never just one thing, right? It's a compilation of sort of the process and your belief that all those things coming together is what makes the difference in whether it be a single play or whether it be a close game or, you know, just winning overall. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I think um, you would like to um, think that, you you know, you, you've got good systems in place. You know, we certainly have improved. I mean, I can't say enough uh, having been here now in year four, uh, the amount of good people that we've had come through here that have helped us kind of refine how we do things. And then certainly to have a, a veteran group of players, you know, I think really matters. So um, we've made a bunch of mistakes too now, right? So I think one of the keys here is that regardless of the outcome of the game, it's important that we take a good look in the mirror, really, you know, evaluate um 
you know, things independent of the outcome, right, and learn the lessons. Even though you may have won the game, there's lots of things each week that you need to learn and try to adjust and fix and so you don't make those mistakes again, right? And I think that's uh, one of the things that we work hard at and certainly would like to think that it's paid off some. Looking at the tape, what was the biggest, I guess, mistake or mistakes that stood out to you where you feel like we got to improve on this if we're going to win this Saturday at Troy and, and beyond? Well, you know, we're, we're negative in the turnover margins, you know, and I think that's why the game was close, right? I mean, we didn't get any takeaways, and we had one turnover. If you count the two fourth down stops, which we do, um, you know, you're minus three in the turnover margin. And, and really, uh, you combine that with a, uh, probably a few too many negative plays, uh, playing behind the sticks in particular in the first half. Um, you know, in the kicking game, I thought we did a nice job. We got a punt return call back, but we still were – the hidden yardage was around 50 or so. Um, so I think this really it's about the turnover margin uh, and playing behind the sticks a little bit in the first half. Outside of that, I thought our defense, uh, they gave us a few things here and there, but um, you know, I thought we did a nice job of adjusting. Uh, on both sides of the ball and played a good second half outside of the turnover. Um, a lot of it has to do with Georgia State. Anybody that was in that stadium the other night can tell you that they've got really good personnel. They played very hard in the game. They're a tough, physical, fundamentally sound team. Uh, and you got to give Sean some credit, man. I have a lot of respect for him and how his teams play. Louisiana head coach Billy Napier, our guest. You mentioned the two fourth downs, coach. You go for it uh, inside the opponent's 10 on two occasions. You don't get it. Later in the game, late in the third, uh, fourth and maybe four, I think, from the 13, you do get it. It was the Peter LeBlanc touchdown call we played coming into it. Um, you've you've gone for it on fourth down a lot, depending on the situation, down and distance, et cetera. Uh, you know, with the first two not, not going in the Cajuns' favor. It seemed like you didn't even hesitate that third time. You were going forward again. Do you just believe in a certain philosophy that, all right, look, the statistics are this, the feel of the game is this. Yeah, we didn't get them earlier, but we're going to get it here. Like, did did not converting on the fourth two have any impact on your decision the third time? Well, I mean, as a result of that, we're down 10 to nothing. So, I mean, I guess no so. That's a good that. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but so, yeah. I mean, I, each, one of, each one of these decisions is independent of each other, right? It's all relative to the score, um, you know, the D&D, the field zone, um, you know, the percentages, um, success, you know, in that situation relative to uh, maybe the percentages of success for your field goal kicker. I mean, so... I think all of it adds up, and um, we certainly got conviction about it. It's uh, served us well, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we'll continue to, you know, be very calculated about how we do it. I mean, we don't do it unless the numbers are for it. So, um, you know, at that point in time, there was no question. The the play uh, prior to it was really the biggest play, you know, the third and 18, you know, to get it to fourth and four where you could go for it, right? So um, we had to come back outside. um, Levi threw it to Peter there and got it to manageable. And then there's no question at that point in time that a touchdown is going to do a lot more for you than a, um, you know, field goal. So 
a great execution on the play. You know, really good uh, progression by Levi, you know, working his way through it. I mean, really good routes on the play side there. Montreal Johnson ran a nice arrow route, good protection, good accurate throw. Peter did a nice job of looking the ball in, puncturing the defense, and actually scored. So huge momentum play, uh, and certainly got us within reach there. A touchdown would give us the lead. So uh, no-brainer uh, on our end. Coach Billy Napier, our guest. So when it comes to, you mentioned the numbers, the statistics, when it comes to analytics, how much, I know I know you guys follow it very closely, how much of it is weighed specifically just on the numbers versus feel for the game, right, if that question makes sense? Because you can have the analytics and they all point to one thing, but there's something about being in a game, and in your case, the head coach and the play caller, that you're never going to sort of see on paper, right, unless you're actually there. Do you... I call it a gut feeling, call it emotions, whatever you want to describe as sort of feel for the game. How much of that plays into decisions versus just strictly the analytics and the numbers when it comes to, say, deciding if you're going to go forward on fourth down? I mean, I think, you know, there's been times where we didn't, um, you know, go exactly by the book since we started this process. I mean, but I, I do it's not like we just make these decisions on game day. You know, I mean, I think it's important for us to understand that the amount of time and effort and research that goes into off-season projects, you know, overall philosophy, we study situations um, the entire off-season and certainly within the week, uh, every week. Um, you know, it's an overall strategy relative to playing winning football. It's, it's not... Uh, you know, just an emotional decision, right? These are calculated, well-researched, well-thought-out decisions. So um, I think that that quote-unquote description you're describing as feel for the game, well, what better feel for the game than knowing exactly what to do, you know? So um, I think you got to have conviction about it. And, um, you know, it'd be one thing if you were just flipping a coin, right? But we're basing these decisions off of a lot of time, effort, and, uh, research, so uh, it's just it's just part of modern day football, and um, you know it's been it's made us better. I can tell you that much, and uh, certainly it's allowed us to uh, make good in game adjustments and decisions and position our team to have success. Louisiana Rage Cajun head coach Billy Napier, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. In a UL offense, in a Billy Napier offense, you've said, Coach, that, look, any week the ball can go your way, depending on the game plan, how the game unfolds, opponent's defense, where you are in terms of options on a play, etc. The ball went to Peter LeBlanc a lot last Thursday. Nine catches, 118 yards of score from the start of the game to the end. He was such a big factor. Is this as healthy as he's been since his freshman year? He really, he really just was so big last Thursday. And um, you know, without him, who knows how that game unfolds? But it, it might not be the same for the Cajuns. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, you know, last year in particular, Pete was a little banged up, um, and we worked hard in the off season really. Um, trying to get him healthy, you know, kind of started over, reevaluated a lot of things there um, throughout the off season, throughout training camp. Um, 
know, even some things, specific things that we do for him on game day to try to help him. And, and it's, it's work. Tony Hill, our head athletic trainer, you know, in his first year has really done a nice job with Peter kind of working specifically with him about his individual situation. And, you know, Pete is healthy. And when he is, he, he is a dynamic player. So the consistency, um, you know, that he plays with, right? His intelligence, his character, uh, and the guy can go. I mean, he's six two and a quarter. Uh, he can really run. Uh, former, you know, jumper and hurdler in high school, um, baseball player. Um, you know, just a fantastic player who played in the wing tee, was a wing back, and had no experience playing receiver prior to showing up at UL. So, I think Tim Leger's done a nice job developing him. Uh, I think he's a product of his work, and certainly when you know he is healthy, he is one of our best players. Coach Napier, our guest. I, I talked to Johnny Lumpkin last week and um, asked him about you know the short week in terms of the impact on the body. He's like, yeah, you, you might spend you know you might be a little more sore, but you get ready for it, you prepare for it. Uh, you're talking about Peter's health just a minute ago. How did you guys come out of last Thursday from a health standpoint, and how hard is it on the body with with a game of that's uh, that's you know on shorter rest than a standard week? You know, I think um, you know, I think there is something to be said for um, you know from a physicality standpoint, turning around and, and having to get ready to turn it all the way back up to ten, um, especially. Um, the type of team that you're playing, right? I think that's part of that. Uh, who you're playing, the brand of football that they play. Uh, and that game the other night was a very physical game on both sides of the ball, line of scrimmage on the edges, uh, in the kicking game, the cover units. Um, so I think that probably has more to do it, do with it than maybe uh, the five-day turnaround. So, you know, our team um, needed a break. You know, we played – uh, we've played, we've been on a little stretch here, certainly to play back-to-back there five days apart. You know, I think overall we we had some guys that were banged up uh, going into the game uh, that played banged up and certainly did a great job and showed a lot of toughness, um, you know, dealing with some nagging injuries and those types of things. So, you know, we ran and lifted them, put the game to bed on Friday. We gave them two days off, uh, and then we'll kind of turn it back up today you know, and get into our ISD format this week. So in our mind, today will be a Tuesday uh, practice in full pads. Uh, we are moving into Tier 3, which is the final third of the season. Uh, so we'll change the structure of our practice from this point forward. But overall, I think the uh, benefit of having a couple of days off is going to be good for our football team. And are you happy to just have Saturday games left at this point, just from a, a routine and scheduling standpoint? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really good. I think this week will be a little bit different because having a couple of days off. But you know, for Liberty, for ULM, for the championship game, I think just really zeroing in on what um, you know that week looks like for the staff and the players. Some consistency there. Uh, taking the same approach in terms of how to prepare the, the team and the staff uh, Sunday to Saturday, I think that will help us. Um, and we'll certainly put that on paper and map that out starting next week for sure. Traveling to Troy this Saturday, Coach. Uh, Troy's 
you know, they've they've had some um, close games this year against teams like a South Carolina or a Liberty. You know, they've they've won some good games uh, in conference play. They're coming off a win against South Alabama. What uh, what do they bring to the table? And just kind of an early preview of what you're expecting this Saturday at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I think um, I think Troy's another uh, very dangerous team, man. I really do. I think they um, I think they've got um, really good defense, one of the top defenses in our league. You know, really uh, good depth uh, on the front, on the edges, inside backer, outside backer, the D line, the secondary. Um, they've done a nice job of creating takeaways. They got quite a few interceptions. They got overall really good team speed. Uh, they're physical. I think they tackle well, and they're really unique in how they play defense from a structure standpoint. So it's going to be a challenge uh, on that side of the ball. Um, anytime you play Troy, uh, you can expect them to have a good quarterback and to have a lot of good skilled players around them. Uh, I do think their offensive line is playing better. Um, and, you know, in the kicking game, they've got really good specialists. Uh, so you got to go to their place uh, at 2.30. They've got a little bit of momentum here, uh, having one Saturday uh, in the in-state rivalry game. Uh, and like you mentioned before, uh, toe-to-toe with some of the better teams uh, that they played this year. Although they haven't won the game, they have been very competitive. So uh, the personnel is there, and certainly, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for us. We've got a lot to play for, certainly home field advantage at stake, uh, and this is our next opportunity in conference play. Did you uh, did you get a chance to watch a little football this weekend, or was it was it mainly dad duties with the extra time? Yeah, a little bit of both, you know, a little bit of both. Um, but, yeah, did get a chance to watch some ball, uh, but – it was, a, it was a good day. It was a great day, certainly one that uh, was much needed. I'm sure uh, the kids were happy to play with Dad over the weekend. Did um, when, when you were younger growing up, I know I've asked you a lot of questions about your dad being a coach and you playing football. Did you play other sports when you were younger, Coach? Yeah, I played about every sport. What was your, uh, what was you your, best, what was your best sport aside from football? I don't think I was very good at any of them, to be honest with you. But, I mean, I played baseball. I played basketball. I played golf. I ran track. Um, you know, and I played football. You know, so uh, I did, you know, I was always playing something for sure. So, but I, I love basketball. Um, love playing golf. Um, and then certainly baseball, I kind of put that away, you know, in high school. Uh, and then track was just kind of one of those things you did for football. But, you know, b- base, basketball and golf were a lot of fun, for sure. So if you lined up all the coaches currently on your staff, like who's who's, who's winning the foot race? And I know it's not Dr. Wingerder. I mean, maybe back in the day. We know he's he's lagging behind. But who's winning yeah, the foot well, race? Well, Mike, Mike Desimo, you know, Still pretty it. well documented around here what kind of athlete he is. So I think he'd probably get drafted first. I just I would love to see you guys do like a little seven on seven, and you know you got uh, Billy on one side playing quarterback, Mike on the other, and just just seeing you know seeing seeing who gets hurt first 
because uh, I mean, I, I'm making jokes about <laughs> Dr. Wingerder, but he's still in great shape. I mean, the man can run marathons, so he'll 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 go for miles and miles. I don't know who's I don't know who's pulling a hammy first, but I wouldn't bet on I wouldn't bet on Wingerder. We got a lot of uh, got a lot of former players on the staff, man. We got a lot of guys limping around the office too. So, uh, but there is some pickup basketball around here, you know, in the off season. I have to say I haven't taken taken part, but uh, they say it gets pretty brutal down there from what I hear. Yeah, I imagine it's uh, pretty competitive. Coach Billy Napier has been our guest. Louisiana taking on Troy this Saturday on the road, two thirty kickoff. We'll uh, we'll have pregame for you on the air beginning at twelve thirty from Learfield, right here on ESPN Lafayette one zero three three on the FM fourteen twenty on the AM and streaming worldwide on the app. Coach, I always appreciate the time. Look forward to chatting with you next Monday. All the best and good luck this Saturday. All right, Scott. Thanks for covering the Cajuns, man. I'll see you around. All right, take care. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier.